This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery free in terms apply, see mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hello and welcome to this latest edition of Red Side of Trent as we look back on what could be a very vital point for the Reds as we come away from Chelsea with a positive 2-2 draw. I'm joined on this one by Christian Brown and Adam Wicklow. Me and Christian did come very close last week's predictions going 3-2 to each side respectively, but Adam with a direct hit of a Geordie, I'll say 2-2. Um, did you enjoy the visit to Stamford Bridge, guys, or No. <laughs> Yeah, it was all right. I, I, was, I, yeah, I yeah. nice, nice ground. I've never been, so yeah, it was a, it was a good day out. I mean, I think some Chelsea fans wanted to have a scrap afterwards. I don't know why. It's only a bit of ball and grass. Was it first time for you as well, Christian? Or no, I've been many times. That was my third time um, watching ah. Forest there. Um, I was there for the the five one the League Cup when Derek was scored in the last minute. Yes, and I was there for the two 0 defeat when um, Hudson Doy. Basically, hit a yeah, yeah, yeah. Jordan Swift's near post and it somehow went in. But, um, so yeah, uh, that was my third time watching Forest there. But yeah, I've been before, yeah. Yeah, I was, um, that five one, I was in, that was when I went to Real Madrid that night. So, um, yeah, I remember looking at the score of the ground and seeing with last, I think it was like 2 0 when I went into the stadium and then. Um, all of a sudden, it was um, yeah, five one full time. So I was um, saying that before the game, it's a bit unfair. It was like Eden Hazard just come back from injury, and against is like a very young Joe Worrell, where he just got like yeah. fed back to Nottingham. Basically, yeah. it, was, it was a bit unfair. Yeah, that, that was when like Hazard was at his peak as well, wasn't it? Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, <clears throat> right. Let's dive in anyway to match day thirty six. It is now, um, and I'll start with you, Adam. Uh, one change to the lineup, which saw us go back to a back five and saw club captain Joe Worrell recording place of Brennan Johnson. What did you make of the lineup? I thought it could work in some capacity, obviously, because I think we're trying to contain Chelsea. I mean they've I know they've not had a they've not had a good season, but they've obviously got a lot of quality. Um and, and they, but the only thing that really irked me was 
they had an obvious weakness at fullback because they had Chalaba, who's not a natural right back, and Lewis Hall, who's a, a, a relatively young player, though though he looked like a someone that could come through the ranks more and more as as they progress in the years, sort of thing. He looks quite a tidy little player, but um, I think in terms of the situation, it was kind of like we've said in the past few pods, Cooper's in survival mode, and it's kind of trying to get what we can and. We were fairly solid. I think we kept Chelsea fairly at arm's length. Really, they didn't they didn't really get in behind too much. We kind of dealt with a lot of a lot of things coming into the box, and it and it's difficult for them when they've got Jao Felix, who's not a particularly big striker. He's more mobile, but when he's kind of mobile within like a lot of players, where they can like suffocate him, and he has to recycle the ball back outwards, it's it's kind of works in our favour. We can spring on the counter attack. The only thing that I don't really enjoy is it's. We, our fullbacks have to do so much work to to support in 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 wide areas, but luckily that that did happen for the first goal as we'll get into. So I agreed with it and disagreed with it, but to be fair, it was justified because I thought Joe Wall was excellent yesterday. But I'm sure we'll get onto that as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, so it was a perfect start, really. Christian has 13 minutes in. It's unlucky for some, but not for us yesterday. Renan Lally's cross was headed in by Tyo Wanye. I mean, what did you make of that goal? And try and give a perspective from both sides because obviously there was a massive error in there as well for Chelsea. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, we threatened just before. I mean, if Felipe had a header. Yeah, Felipe had a yeah. But, you know, I mean, okay, he was side netting pretty much, but you know, he, yeah. he goes, it, was, it was a little like shot across the boats, which is something that we haven't really done that much of this season. But um, no, it was great. Obviously, for Danilo to pick out, obviously, it's Kovacic that loses the ball, isn't it, for um, Chelsea? Really good tackle from Mangala, that yeah, was. Yeah, brilliant tackle yeah. from Mangala. Yeah, I mean, um, Kovacic, I thought, I don't know, he went up injured at one point, but I thought Yates had his number the whole time he was on the pitch. Like, you could see him, like, like he just, it, I think that was something we've missed as well, actually, because Yates showed him no respect whatsoever. Like mm-hmm. Kovacic, all, all, the whole time he was on the pitch, he was stepping on his toes, he was like getting in his face, he was doing all the things that makes him, you know, an irritant to the opposition. And um, yeah, Kovacic in particular really struggled with that, which is quite surprising. Bear in mind, you, know, you look at his CV of Real Madrid and Chelsea, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but yeah, it's a you know, it's a big error from him really. And obviously, um, for Danilo to quickly pick out Lodi was um, you know, it was very good, and you know we'd seen like you know we knew when Lodi was capable of crosses from deep like that. Um, he's shown that Atletico before, and um, again I think back to the United game in the Champions League last season, you know, Lodi was throwing in balls like that quite frequently from that position, and um, you know, being a major threat from that. But uh, I don't know what Mendy's doing. <laughs> I really don't know what Mendy is doing. If he stands at his goal line, he doesn't go anywhere. But um, no. Um, Obviously, it's great from Taiwo to get in between Thiago Silva and uh, uh, Badiashil. Um, or Badiashil, I have pronounce his name. Mm. But um, no, again, I mean, the goal doesn't happen without Mendy running off his line, but equally, you know, you make your own luck. We were much, you know, we, we showed much more intent in that first 15 minutes. We deserved to get something. And um, ultimately, yeah, we drew first bud because of it. Yeah, I mean, with Tyro, he had literally the same chance, into at Brentford, and he tried more like yes. power header it. And mm. whereas he kind of learned in that moment, because all he had to do really was hit the target and meet the ball, which he did, and it was going to go in because obviously Mendes, I have no idea what he was He's doing. He's gone. There's no man's land, and there's where, yeah. there's where Mendy is. I mean, like, yeah, especially he with two. Well out the box. I mean, especially <laughs> with two centre halves there as well. I've, I've just. 
yeah, but we'll take that every day of the weekend. You know, we've been punished for mistakes, and it's nice to see us punish a team for mistakes. Absolutely, so yeah. We'll definitely take that. Um, I mean, the rest of the first half, I mean, kind of really went how we wanted it to. Not much happened. I mean, there was a couple of half chances for Chelsea. I know Jao Felix had a header. Sergio did really well to block Lewis Hall's shot, which he did take a while to kind of get that away, really. Um, but yeah, like I say, nothing too troubling for Navas. Um, one thing of slight note, though, was Joe Felix blasting the ball whilst Ryan Yates was down on the floor. I mean, it did look like he had time to know what he was doing, though, Adam. I mean, what did you make of that? I mean, I said to Christian, um, it was the Sir Alex Ferguson Van Persie incident. He could have been killed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, he could have been killed, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really know. What what he's thinking and, and or or what's happening there? I mean, Yates. To be honest to him, I know like some people might think, oh, it's only a ball in the face, but he is quite lucky, really, in terms of like not getting a concussion or something else, really, because these players can hit a ball relatively hard, can't they? So yeah, he, he didn't he didn't really hit didn't really hit Yates. So, like kind of hit his side, and I think hit some another Chelsea player. Yeah, but it would definitely add to frustration from. Jao Felix, definitely. I mean, I've, would you would you would it have been asked for a yellow card potentially? Um, I mean, he 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 was frustrated all game, and I mean, he threw the ball down on the like like threw it into the ground when he got brought off uh, in the second half, and he and he had a really frustrating afternoon, and that that's credit to to our back line and and midfield really like making it difficult for him, and we made it difficult for Chelsea all game apart from Raheem Sterling, it seems, but. I mean, another thing in the first half was was Joe Warrell's tackle on Raheem Sterling, which was excellent. I mean, I thought Sterling got the better of him, and and Warrell made a really good recovery, and and we was unlucky not to go two 0 up through through a Danilo Lodi kind of combination. But yeah, no, that first half was fairly comfortable. I thought for us, we we were we were cruising again, which is nice to a nice feeling to have. I felt a lot less pressure than I did against Southampton. I tell you that. Yeah, I mean, it is in his. Temperament into Jalfie. I mean, for those who watch broader Premier League, he did get sent off on his first game for Chelsea with, a, I think it was a two foot challenge, wasn't it? Straight red. So, yeah, he obviously got a bit frustrated. The problem is there, they are can't give a yellow, can they? It's either got to be red or nothing. So, um, on the commentary, I think it was Neil Swarbrick on VAR, he kind of sided with Felix saying, oh, he, he didn't really know what he was kind of doing, which I disagreed with personally. But you know, that's one of them things. But yeah, as you mentioned, that I know we got caught out into originally Warrell, uh, Sterling getting in behind, but the recovery tackle was excellent. I mean, that's that in the end saved the goal. So yeah, kudos to him for that. But I mean, a constant problem this season for us has been how we've been in the second half of a lot of games. And I mean, this is seen in two of the last four as conceding vastly early in the half before yesterday. So 47 and 55 against Liverpool, 51 minutes against Southampton, for example. And it was 51 minutes again for us yesterday. I mean, before we discuss the Chelsea goals, though, Christian, um, was a great chance for us at the start of the half. Felipe's header nearly turned in at the back post by centre-back partner, Kate. Should he have scored and made contact, really? So you forgot Villa as well. Obviously, that was about 48 minutes as well. We could see yes. Yeah, I did. For some reason, I didn't mm. write that down. I've not put that in. I have no idea. I did, actually. I said to my dad. Yeah. Villa as well, yeah. I said, look, you can you can sort of see like I mean I do agree with Adam. We were sort of cruising, but you can see signs that we were slightly starting to creep a little towards the end of the half. And um, 
you know, obviously nothing that we can contain, but you can tell that Chelsea were stepping up their intensity. And um, yeah, obviously that became a problem. But I mean, you're right. We, we, we should go to an really. I mean, it's so unfortunate. I think if Neocarte is maybe a split second more alert to that, it, it's a goal. I think if that's Tyro in that position or someone with maybe more of a striker's instincts, it's a goal because they just they just anticipate it and just you know try and get it there before they can. But it seems like um, Nikai sort of just reacts to that split second too slow and as a result, he just misses it. But no, that was a fantastic chance. And um, yeah, it was very unfortunate. It was, again, like, you know, I know most of our chances sort of really came from set pieces, really, apart from obviously that, you know, Lolly combination that Adam mentioned earlier. But, you know, it was, it was we were, we look threatening from set pieces and that's something we haven't been able to say all season, really. Like, whether it's the case of, like, uh, a corner taken or beating the first man or anything like that, we just not particularly look that dangerous from them consistently. But yesterday, we were a solid threat. Free like from every time we had a set piece, it looked like we could get something from it. And you know that was probably the biggest example, really, because that was millimetres, millimetres away. And he would have been well on side too. So, but never mind. Literally, Gaza, you're 96 millimetres yeah. once against Germany. I mean, for teams who are under confidence, um, struggling with confidence like Chelsea, I mean, I mean, set piece is a massive weapon, aren't they, for sides? We've seen that with ourselves Um our inability at times to defend set pieces. I mean, there was another one as well in the second half where Lodi put it across, right across, and Tyro was a bit caught on his heels. And if he would have gambled, he would he, he was on side. And he we all said that. We all said he just watched yeah. himself at that as a goal. Yeah. Right. So yeah, um, but I mean, very much like Leeds earlier in the day, that missed chance to make it two 0 You know, gave Chelsea a kick up the backside, and we were punished shortly after. Um, Raheem Sterling's last league goal for Chelsea was against yeah. You guessed it, Forrest. <laughs> and it was him who got the leveller. Um, talk us through that one, Adam. What did you make of it? I mean, I'm I'm trying uh, match of the day didn't show you the bit before, but I'm pretty sure like shortly before, like near is like caught out in the ten and and kind of wants the ball, then doesn't get it for a split second, then it gets played to him and he's out of position and he kind of rushes to get back in, which is fine. The the one the, there's a couple of mistakes in there. I mean, Mangala points at Trevor Chalaber as he makes an overlapping run and doesn't run with him, and then by the time Niakati gets over, it's it's far too late and Chalaber's put the ball in. But then no one Aurier's not marking Sterling and it's it's a tapping. It's so unfortunate that Yates kind of falls over trying to intercept the ball because if he stood up, he blocks it. Yeah, and all game, me and me and Christian said, I'm not just saying it because because I'm biased to Forrest, but they were so lucky in breaks of the ball all day. Like every second ball would fall to him. Every like challenge 50-50 tackle, which we'd win, would then like fall to them. It was like... You've got so... to make your own luck there, aren't you, in football yeah, sometimes? Yeah, it was so unfortunate. And that, that goal was was a a, a, te- a team full of errors and, and it could have easily been avoided as as the as the second one could have been as we'll get onto as well where it's just so it's so unfortunate that that gave him that kick up the backside because I think if we get to like 55 57 60 minutes they start to maybe throw on a few of the bit like few of the different players like Mudrick and and Havertz earlier and kind of open up a bit more and we can then probably throw on a Brennan Johnson a little bit earlier than we did and and get at them but we we obviously got punished again in in quick succession yeah the only little uh, positive, well, not a positive, but makes you feel a bit better was the fact that it probably would have gone in regardless 
if um, Yates wasn't there. It's not like it's deflected off Yates and then gone in. I think it was heading for the bottom corner. I don't think Navas would have got down to it. I mean, for a player of Sterling's quality, it was a bit of a bread and butter finish one to come on to it, put it into the corner. But I mean, that that one soon became two for Sterling and Chelsea seven minutes later. I mean, Jao Felix had just given us warning with his curling effort, just going over. I mean, I was kind of glad he'd come off for Havertz, to be honest, because I thought he was at times a little bit of a threat. Havertz didn't really do much, did he? Um, before Sterling made it a brace for himself. I mean, <clears throat> talk us through that goal, Christian. And did you think then the writing was on the wall for a defeat for us? Uh, it was a bit bleak, well, and I, another sub I was quite happy to see was uh, Madueke come off for ZH. Yeah, very because, talented. So, uh, Madueke, I thought, gave Lonnie man, if, um, again. If you look at that from a neutral perspective, that was a very good battle in the first course, half, especially. Yeah. Like um, Madueke, I mean, obviously we saw him running towards us. Like mm. he's um, he's a little tricky. He's very he's very good with both feet. Like he's running like very quickly, like taking on his right and then just chopping in very quickly on his left. And Lodi was really struggling with that. And um, so when ZH came on, we know ZH is all left foot. So that was, yeah. and it, it, it slowed him down as well. He's no, he was nowhere near as quick. And I think, um, you know, as the game got later, that was, a, that was a really poor sub on Lampard's part, really. But that's benefited us. Um, as for the goal, I mean, to be unlike the first goal, really, I mean, I, I guess you can sort of attribute, attribute some blame to Felipe for sliding in like that when he could just stand on his feet. But... You have to say credit to credit with Stuart Sterling. That's a brilliant finish from Raheem Sterling. Uh, and that I think, um, as you said before, his last goal was against us. He'd gone on the barren run. Uh, he's play- I, I did think actually seeing Sterling at left wing, that was more his sort of favoured position. Yeah, I don't know that, where he'd play. Yeah, he's been playing wing back and all yeah, sorts of Yeah, he's been playing wing back, yeah. he's playing striker, he's been yeah, playing in a 10 role. Like, he's, like, I, I was, where I saw him playing left wing on the team sheet, I thought that could be a problem. But um, no, I mean you have to give him credit where he's true. The way he's chopped in like that and just like uh, Navas is nowhere near it. Like I know, um, I, I know, I don't think even Henderson gets near that either or anyone else. He just hit that so well. So um, yeah, it was it. I didn't think. I mean, it was bleak because I thought again, it's two goals we conceded in a very short space of time at the start of the second half. But I did still think with the way that. Chelsea were defensively and the way they were playing as well, I mean, they weren't particularly good. They got their intensity in the second half and they had good players to bail them out in the situation they were in. But I still felt there was at least one big chance for us that we could capitalise on at the back. And thankfully, we had that. But um, yeah, I mean, it's a Lampard team and you can't really assume they're going to just you know, give you no change. So um, I didn't think it, it wasn't maybe as bleak as it would have been against other teams that we played recently when we've gone a goal or two down. But um, yeah, I mean, it was a bit. It was funny that it was like the only time all game that their fans sort of made any noise whatsoever. They were fucking dreadful yesterday, Chelsea fans, honestly. I get they've had a poor season, but yeah. Yeah, the season's just drifted away from them. Hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, Madueke, it wouldn't surprise me if he thrived under Poch and it wouldn't surprise me if he's in the England senior team uh, soon because I watched um, the under-21s game against Germany. He'd come on and he was absolutely fantastic. So, um yeah, um, he's a really talent. I mean, yeah, it, cut, it came in it from Aurier just messing about on the ball. And then... I think he got I, caught in two minds, doesn't yeah, he? Like, whether, do, do I clear yeah. it or do I control it? And I think, if in doubt, just get rid of it. I think kind of we've got to, like I said on the last pod, at this level, I think if you make a minor mistake, this the quality is so good that you're just going to get punished for it. I mean, 
we've seen it, haven't we, all season? Literally, like you you said um, with the first goal, Adam, we let a one runner go and it's ended up in the back of the net. I mean, that's kind of the level, isn't it? But yeah, Felipe diving, I think he's, he always just has that, I mean, nine times out of 10, Felipe's incredible, isn't he? And then he just has that kind of one little erratic moment at times. And um, yeah, that was a bit of a shame, but um, yeah. Good finish from Sterling. I mean, a player of his quality. I mean, there was a couple of people saying Navas kind of went with the wrong hand, but I mean, I, I, I don't think Navas had any chance with that personally. But yeah, um, but four minutes later, though, and fair play to Forrest for this, um, we didn't go under and got ourselves back in the game. I mean, I said on the last part about keeping situations alive, and we did just that as Tyre won. You made it four and two and joined Brennan Johnson on eight as our top Premier League scorer this season. Um, talk us through that goal, Adam. What did you make of it? Yeah, I mean, we've utilised this near Kate long throw finally, haven't we? That now he's back in the team. We've, yes. We've kind of caused a lot of problems with, with it, which is good to see. I think it came off at uh, Brentford or maybe that was a corner. I can't remember now. Um, but then also Liverpool and then and yesterday. And we, we I think... Arsenal might get PTSD next week of, of long throws, hopefully. <laughs> <From> Stoke, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's um it's a good throw in in Chelsea obviously deal with it with the first phase and then Mangala just a nice little deft kind of volley back into it and, and yeah. credit to one who's who's could have been easily put off from Ryan Yates almost getting his head to it. And I think if Yates gets his head to it, it's actually offside, isn't it? Because I think he's just off in that phase of play. Uh, I think he, I think he was on because the VAR was looking to see if Yates had got a touch on it. That's right, yeah. That's what that, that was for the delay, but I don't yeah. think he would have been offside. I think if either would have headed it, I think it would have been okay. No, but I'm, if Yates heads it, if Yates heads it and oh, heads, heads it, it. To one, yeah. um, a bit like the Bolly situation against Man United. Off. I think he might have still been on. Um, I kind of just. Yeah, but anyways, it's it's it's, it's 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 he's he's jolly on the spot, and he number number the number nine where you want him to be, and he and he he can't miss from there. So, yeah, yeah credit credit to him, and it's good to see that he's getting his rewards for his hard work because I think the last couple of weeks he's been really really good. Like even in terms of his touching, his passing, and his, and his quality, he's not looked like the the donkey as some have labelled, even probably myself included. I mean, yesterday he gave. I mean, he might be on your one of your player performances for this reason, but he gave Thiago Silva and Badashile an absolute mm. torrid time. He, he spun Thiago Silva superbly, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he tried he to do a little bit. Yeah, tried to do a bit of a bird yeah. camp, didn't he? And he yeah. nearly got got him booked. But he was yeah. he was such a handful yesterday, and and credit to him. I mean, he, he could have had a hat trick on another day, like you say, those those like half chances where if he maybe mm. dived at it a bit, then then he might get there. But he he, he looks like he's finally adjusting to the league, which is which is only benefiting us, isn't it? Yeah, so according to friend of the pod, Callum um, Castell, he's got 18-15 starts now, so pretty much a one in two when he starts. I mean, if he had been fit the whole season, one, how many goals do you think he would have scored? And two, do you think we would be home and hose now for safety? I think he'd probably be on like maybe 12-13. Mm. I think would be quite generous. Yeah. If if he's if he's fit and he's getting the same sort of chances, and 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 yeah, that I think getting that amount of goals for any team gets you mid table, doesn't it? Really, I mean, you look you look at Brentford; they've got Ivan. T- Ivan Tony score is like pretty much their dominant goal scorer on like twenty yeah. goals this season, and they're like almost pushing for Europe. If they get someone else that mm-hmm. kind of chips him over like eight or nine, maybe a couple of players, they're that yeah, they're, they're like right in the Europa Conference League kind of or Europa League kind of talk, aren't they? 
that sort of team. So if we do the same and like Gibbs White and Johnson are then contributing and then like Danilo scoring a few goals, we could get in that same bracket quite easily if we sort out our bollocks defending at times <laughs> and then, yeah, and, then um, and, and surrendering uh, leads. I mean, Brentford and Fulham are like a similar type of teams. You just think of Mitrovic and Tony as they're like talisman and then it's kind of like you're a bit snobby in the fact, oh, well, kind of who else have they got really? But, you know, they've obviously got good quality players because of how hard they are in the league. But yeah, I mean, if say if he would have started every game this season, Tywin, and he'd have got 15 goals, I think would add a really good deal, wouldn't we? For, Absolutely. What, 100%. Was it, 17 million for a 15 goal striker in the Premier League in his first season. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, yeah, so yeah, hopefully he can get to double figures in, in more, Brennan. That would be really good, wouldn't it? Come end of the season. But, I think if he um, gets into double figures, we're definitely safe. Yes, hopefully. Hopefully. Um, I mean, nothing too much, really, Christian. No, really, after the goal on 62 minutes. I mean, the closest anyone came was Red and Lottie's cracking strike, which flashed just wide. I mean, just needed a bit more um, art swing to kind of come in. But yeah, it was really connected with that. Well, I mean, did you think once we had got level, the game was there to be won or was you just kind of happy just to take the point and run, really? Yeah, that Lottie strike was oh, real full, was it? it yeah. It seemed like it was like, from our it was, angle. It, it was close. Like, it was I mean, Mendy like, just stood and watched it, didn't he? Yeah, he was, was getting nowhere near that. Nah, um, no chance. It's a weird one. Obviously, I won the lot and you don't want to even consider about taking a point. But mm. when you go 2-1 down, it's sort of like, and you, considering what Leeds, obviously getting a point at Newcastle was sort of like, we need to get something. We really yeah. have to get something. Um, it did sort of feel like... I. I don't, I, in hindsight, I mean, obviously, this is easy to say in hindsight, isn't it? I think, as much as I love the bloke, I think we probably should have taken off Gibbs White for Johnson instead of Taiwo. Okay. And that way, you had you still had a focal point up top, and you know you, you could use him to sort of play Johnson in because Johnson didn't really get much joy. He, he obviously had a few sort of runs in behind, but he didn't have anything. Um, and I, I, I don't know, like. I think I we sort of felt like he didn't make any subs to the 80th minute, did he, Cooper? And like you could see we were blowing. You could see Forrest was starting to really tire. So going into those last 10 minutes, like I was like, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll be lucky to get a point here because Chelsea were still, even though they had nothing to play for, um, they you know, they, they started to step up again. And I was like, oh no, oh no. Like you could just see it coming, couldn't you? And like obviously it was five minutes had along the ends of what was a bit strange because I mean, I don't know how long. It didn't seem like that. the AR check for Tyro second was particularly long, but it did seem as if it was quite a lot of stoppage time. But um, no, I mean, I was, I didn't think, I didn't think we'd win the game after in the last ten minutes. No, because you could see that we were visibly tiring. But um, and to be honest, it's probably one of the reasons why we considered so many late goals as well. Because obviously, where we've had to be set up like that and you're chasing the ball for so much of the game, I mean, we had what twenty five percent possession yesterday, something like that. So, um, you know, naturally, without the ball, you're going to be tired. Like, so, yeah, it was um, it was a bit tense, <laughs> that last bit. Um, but that, I, it was weird because on, on the one hand, like, I felt if we could get a good ball out to Johnson, we very nearly did on a few occasions. It was one, I mean, the biggest one was perhaps right at the end. I think Mangala tries to just, mm. just his touch just takes it away from him, just gives it straight to the Chelsea player. And that was a possibility to get Johnson in, like, direct as well. But, it didn't really seem that we had that many opportunities to really get Johnson involved like that. So no, I, I didn't think we'd get the win. But um, ultimately, yeah, I'm very happy with the point. 
Yeah, I mean, as we've said on this pod, um, something you say, Christian, it was a very survival mode, I thought, the last 10 minutes. I mean, there was times we could have maybe got Johnson or there was a time when he could have knocked it past, I think it was bad as Chile and ran or at least got us up the pitch and he, his touch was yeah. a bit too light. And obviously the Mangala one, which I was absolutely livid with because I thought you watched him go and score here and it was just like such a simple pass. Just That's where someone's really got to take the game by the scruff of the net and just keep hold of the football, you know what I mean? Um but yeah, we didn't make a sub till the 81st minute. And as also we said on the pod, it kind of our strongest 11 slash 12, because obviously Johnson was on the bench yesterday. Aside from that, there isn't really many attacking options, is he, who can come off the bench at the minute? I mean, Lingard's not come on at all. I mean, Surridge has very rarely played. I mean, Andre Ayew, it's pretty much agreed, he's offered pretty much nothing at all. So, as um, Ned Fanders would say, um, it's... Yeah, so that's kind of probably why we are tiring a bit. Um, but thankfully, we managed to uh, to hold on for this one. I mean, just a quick question for you guys. And obviously, with how much do you think was on the bench yesterday for Chelsea in terms of how much they paid? Oh, just, uh, we, I said when Ziyech and Havertz came on, that was 130 right there. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so they had on the bench yesterday £380 million worth of players. So, I mean, you're, you're always... So, when people said, oh, you spent 200 million, you should be basically challenging a the title. These are the levels what you kind of have to deal with because, you know, there's this level and that level, isn't there? And I, don't, so, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you've seen my tweet because I was uh, waiting for Christian in uh, Fulham Broadway Station. I, was, I just wrote, oh, the only chance Lampard will have to beat Forrest is with a team worth one or two billion. Um, and I was, I, mean, like, I, was like, I was like, they'll be happy to come away with a draw and no <laughs> be I mean, they, they got a draw, so... They pay, they pay like £80 million for Mudrick, I think, and for Fana each, who both didn't get on yesterday. So that's the kind of, you know, levels we are fighting against. But, um, I mean, did you think we managed the game while well, Adam to see out a 2-2 draw? Would you put that more down to the fact that Chelsea's cohesion at the minute is, yeah, just isn't there, is it? I think you got you got to give us credit as well. I think we're in mm. we're in a fighting mode, and you've seen that in the last few weeks, especially and more so for away from home. Recently, we've started to actually score some goals, which is nice. I mean, if you said we'd score two at Liverpool and two at Chelsea, you'd be like going bloody hell. We must have got a result then. And I mean, it was unfortunate at Liverpool that we couldn't defend a set piece to save our lives. Unfortunately, so yeah, and I think Chelsea's cohesion. I mean, they've got nothing to play for. Um, at all, so apart from a bit, maybe a little bit of pride and maybe a bit of a well. Now, now they've got to play for their shirt for next season with, with them appointing Pochettino, and I mean they're going to be a serious team next season if they get a striker. I mean because he's he's a top manager in my eyes, Pochettino. So it will be a completely different Chelsea next season, regardless of we're in the same division of them or not. So I give them that, but we we're showing a lot of fight at the moment, and it's good that we've we've matched. Leeds result at least obviously we're recording this before Everton play Man City today and Leicester play Liverpool and I've seen your tweet about you not wanting to wish Liverpool a win but you've got to (laughs) sad 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 times (laughs) but uh, yeah um, yeah we'll see Um, won't we Come um, come Monday night, but um, yeah, just I mean, this is very off piece, but you know, you mentioned there about Chelsea needing a striker. Do you see Lukaku coming back for him? And I think Lukaku will get a pre-season at least because you've got to give him a chance. Like Pochettino, I want to see everyone fresh. 
And then I think with supply from Madueke and Mudrick and then and their midfield players, they're, they're going to have a strong side. They're going to get chances. So I don't see why not. Pochettino might get the best out of him. Though I do think Lukaku is better in a two, as evident at Inter Milan when him and, and Martinez That's the first right, time. Yeah. We're, we're really good together. But Pochettino might, might come in and not fancy him at all and, and fancy a, a completely different striker. So it's going to be interesting. I mean... I you I wouldn't be surprised if if Pochettino comes in and they challenge Man United for Harry Kane's signature, with Todd Bowley throwing his money around. I couldn't imagine Kane going there. I'd be, I'd be surprised. Money, money, money talks, mate. That's the thing. Mm, I'd be surprised, but we'll see. Um, yeah, they, they just obviously with the money they've spent, they've obviously got some very talented footballers. Chelsea, they just need a proper coach in there, don't they? Um, and probably like some actually actual structure because they've got about fifty bleeding wingers. Um, as you see with two of them on the bench yesterday who didn't get on Pulisic and Mudrick, for example. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Um, yeah, we're going to move on now. We're going to do the um, the slept on it for. So, as Adam said last week, play the jingle. Red side of the Trent. <laughs> slept on it thoughts. Right, so go through these then. So, start with Saka was back. Massive point today. Proper strikers goal by Tyro. Away fans were amazing as normal. This squad will definitely fight till the death. Let's shout and sing them home against Arsenal. Um, Red Tricky Tree. The way we battle for the ball, win it and then needless, needlessly give it away again doesn't infuriate me all the time, but I can't fault our grit and determination at times. It's a point I'd have taken at 3 pm, so it's still a great point for me. Warrell, man of the match, in my opinion. Um, Jim H, best away performance of the season. The whole team organised and worked so hard, a massive point. Uh, Grant Fellows, battled hard, didn't collapse when they went behind. Tyro, four goals in two games, coming into form at the crucial time. Away support was superb. Um, Forrest John, a real battling performance from the underdogs today. <laughs> they never gave in, but sadly, it ultimately wasn't enough for them to take all three points from Nottingham Forest <laughs> like that. Uh, Phil, home and away, Chelsea the worst I've seen all season. I mean, I've seen more away goals today than I have since August. Disappointed we didn't get all three. One point next week should do it. Uh, Miss Rolling Impard, one of our one of you predicted uh, Desmond Tutu, which was you, Adam, as we've mentioned. Can they predict three points against Arsenal, please? Well, we'll find that out at the end of the programme. Um, Leeds point throws a spanner in the works, but, but convinced we've got enough. Maranak has said performances and results needed to change. Performances is dead, and that results are starting to do so a nervy few weeks. Um, Sam, attitude and determination, excellent. Tyro's showing what we missed for three months and fantastic again. Mangala Paul for the first goal didn't track the run. Decent point, but could we push hard for all three? Johnson on too late. 
BJ Crabtree. The lack of a counter threat leaves me on the bone. Johnson needs to be in, but who comes off? Um, I was in the top one. Imagine if we hadn't got so many injuries. I'd have left grey hair. Stressful was still in it. You Reds. Kev Watson. Leeds will likely only get two more points. Tops. Leicester three points. Top. We are home and hosed. I mean, I'd love to share that view, but I don't at the minute. Um, Shaw makes certainly a point that edged us closer to safety with two games to spare. The whole team showed fighting spirit, determination and desire to desire to at least get something out of the game today. The plan paid off and we are in a strong position now to beat the drop. Two or one points is enough now. And then finally, BCP, very solid performance. Could 34 points be enough? I mean, I still think we need points personally, but everyone's entitled to opinion. Thanks as always for getting them in. Um, much appreciate it um, as always and really enjoyed reading them out throughout the season. Right, so, I mean, this was sent in by my other half as we was recording this because she's watching Match of the Day at the minute. Um, I know Adam's watched it. So, Tyro Wanya's brace yesterday means he's got back-to-back braces for Forrest. I mean, who was the last Forest player, Christian, to do that in the Premier League? In the Premier League? Christ. Yeah. Um, you're probably saying either Collymore or Hoydonk. No. Neither. 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 No. Oh. Um, I don't know. Brian Roy, maybe? Correct, yes. I was yeah. going to say a Forest Premier League icon. Yeah, Brian Roy in 1995. So, yeah, well, well done to Big T, as we like to call him, <laughs> um, on that. Um, right, so we usually do some player performances now, but with a hard-fought performance to get a point, I just... Um, want each of you really to give me your man of the match for Forest yesterday and the reasons why. So we'll start with you, Adam. For me, I think it's a difficult one because obviously we didn't have much of the ball, but I think purely for taking the two chances he had, I have to give it to Tyra, wouldn't he? I thought he was an absolute bastard to play against personally. <laughs> like I think if I was Thiago Silva or Badashile, I'd have gone, I've had a right game today and I probably don't even know who he is. That's that's the reality of it. And I thought his link-up play was good. I thought there was a bit in the first half where he was getting the ball into feet and he just lay it off straight away to like a non-rushing Gibbs White or Mangala or whatever. And I just thought he, he was really good. He, he put himself about with limited opportunity that he got hold of the ball, really. And w- when he had it, he did something with it. And I thought he was excellent. The first goal, he's brave. The second one, he's anticipated really well in terms of the ball could come back into the box. So... For me, he he's got to get it, and I and I think he could. He, the bloke next to me, Gary, me and Christian made friends of him. He was telling us some cracking stories from it from his years of going up and down the country um, with Forest, uh, and he said he could be the difference maker this season, and he and he well could be because he's getting us some vital points uh, over the season. So yeah, Tyrell, wouldn't he? It's nice to see people making friends in the away end. Wish it were like that every game, but what about <laughs> um, what about you, Christian? Um, yeah, I'm going with Big T as well. I mean, I think it was it was good to see so many improved performances. I think, um, you know, obviously Navas took a lot of flack for his kicking in the Saints game, but he was his distribution was much much better yesterday, and uh, he looked like a much more you know, composed keeper that the thought one we thought we were signing. Um, I thought Ren and Lottie was absolutely tremendous yesterday. Yeah, um, I've wrote down. Yeah, he would be if it wasn't. I think if it wasn't for Ty, it probably would have been him. Um, he was absolutely brilliant. Um, he and if he, if he got it really, like, he wouldn't. I wouldn't have begrudged him that either because he was really, really strong yesterday. That was the Renan Lolly that you know 
wheel at the start of the season, but we could see little glimpses of it and we knew that player was there. But yeah, that's so considering he got off into the Saints game as well, we were worried that he wouldn't play. You know, um he was really, really good yesterday. Uh, I think, you know, generally speaking, I mean it was I thought Yates makes the Yates played well. Worrell, um, you know, Worrell obviously, you know, he he did play well to be fair to him. I think what was nice to see Worrell doing was he looked more composed in the ball this time, like rather than just like smashing it clear or anything like that. He was taking time that extra like half a second and then just putting the ball for a gap for a Forest player to run onto and help get us up the pitch and break through the lines, which, you know, is something that I know it was nice to see him play well outside of Nottingham as well, which is probably the first time all season that's happened. So that was he couldn't have come a better, more important time either. I know he sort of got caught out with that ball over the top for um but obviously he for Sterling, yeah, he immediately, the cover immediately is brilliant made one for that. Mm. Yeah, immediately made amends for that. So, you know, it, it was just a series of strong performances throughout. I mean, Felipe's unlucky to score, not not not, uh, not to score, sorry, same with Nicarte. Um Nicarte, again, I thought he again shows his strengths and qualities. But yeah, I think just because um of what was at stake, I mean ultimately it's gonna be goals that keep us in the division, isn't it, at this point? And Tyro got two and that got us a point. I think we worked out that, I think, so if you count, obviously you have to help me out here. So we, what's it? West Ham, Liverpool, Southampton away, Southampton at home and yesterday. So that's about 13 points Tyro's got mm-hmm. us. If you say, if you take those goals away, obviously we mm-hmm. lose all those games or draw them. So he's actually won us those points on his own pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um I'd- I did oh, yeah. want to give it. I did want to give an honourable mention to Ryan Yates. To be fair, in that because there was a bit in the second half where he like poking and like I don't know what he's doing to Enzo Fernandez, but he's really pissing <laughs> him off. And I've just think like I said, I spoke to a couple of lads on the train back to Stanmore, and I was saying and I was mentioning it, and I was saying I bet you Enzo Fernandez is obviously just come off from winning a World Cup and having this massive money move to Chelsea, he's probably looked at Ryan Yates and gone, what's a Yates? Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> and Yates is probably just laughing at him, like, just going, oh, come on, come on mate. <laughs> just really pissing people off, and I'm all for that. I love that. Yeah, I mean, that's... I mean, Chris, I think it was Christian who said it earlier, Yates doesn't show players, um, like, respect for who they are. He's not in awe of them, which is brilliant. That's what you need to be. You, you can't be in awe of this level of players. You've got to make it difficult for them. We've said that all season. At, at the end of the day, they're in the same league. So, yeah, yeah. technically, yeah. he's on, he's on yeah. the same... He's in the, he's in the same the, the, he's in the same level as them. The yeah, they might be equals, if nothing else. Yeah. There might be a bit yeah. of better quality. And, I mean, credit to Ryan Yates, because I think he's been... I, I, he was my biggest doubt for this season, him and him and Joe Worrell, but he's been tremendous. And it's really good that we've got him back for these last few games now, because I think he's pivotal, not in, ter- not, not in terms of maybe like being someone who's going to take the game by a scruff of neck and kind of dictate play, but just for his tenacity and his nastiness. I mean, there was a couple of occasions where we needed to make fouls on the halfway line. And unfortunately, Yates wasn't in that situation because he would have took a yellow card for the team, whereas mm-hmm. Mangala maybe didn't or someone else didn't. Kiati definitely would have kind of thing, and that, we were saying, that's, we? I think that's the side of. I think it might have been like second goal actually. We like Kiati yeah. just like cleans him out, takes yeah. the yellow card, whatever. Mm. And um, obviously, we didn't have that. Yet, it's so it's that. the only thing that's the side of Forest that we're the that side of the game that Forest are lacking really in terms of game management and and being a little bit nasty. But yeah, Yates is is pivotal to to our running in. in not not just him, but everyone. But he he's definitely an important cog, I think, this season. And that that shows how far he's come, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah I've come back. 
yeah, so. I, I come back on Twitter yesterday and see like people wanting others to make apologies and that to say to the players for writing them off and I'm gonna make no apologies because end no, of the day. Should you? Um, I think he was a League One player. There's well, no getting away from that. Like, what, I don't know. You can't reinvent history. He was nah, terrible, and then like, I think, it just seemed like something just clicked when Cooper came in and like, made yeah, the biggest comeback since Danny Fox. I mean, every <laughs> every brilliant player was useless under Hughton. I mean, he was just yeah. a dinosaur. But do you remember? Do you remember Stoke away? And I, obviously that, that that Lyle Taylor sort of leaked chat and how he hammered Yates for not yeah. being able to pass well, forward that day. And it I was mean, true. He could he, literally he did not pass the ball forward once that day. It was yeah. one that, like you think of like the away games I've been to. That was a fucking terrible away day. So play, like, <laughs> I remember watching like, that game. Yeah, yeah. I and didn't see we... yesterday. And like you know, to be fair to Yates, I mean his it's his attitude, his dedication, his application, mm. like his Which willingness, said. his willingness to improve. Like it's when he said, and um, I think the biggest point for me, which. You know, and this is something all these people go, oh, where are the apologies? Even Yates himself said that the level he thought was good enough was nowhere near the level that was good enough. And he said that, he said that, that was his own words. He said that, you know, I thought I was playing all right. And now I look back on it and I think, bloody hell, no. That was no, I was nowhere near the, a level that was good enough for Forrest. And you know, that took a lot of balls off him to say that. And, um, you know, he's been so important. This is, it's no surprise that since he's come back into the midfield, we've started picking up points again. Because yeah, we... We you know, need a battler, and he is a battler at this moment in time. There's always that saying, isn't there? Hard work outweighs talent. and Absolutely. Yeah, he's a perfect example of that. You know, absolutely. Um, yeah. as, as, as well, when you've got someone who's as good as a professional as Ryan Yeh, if you get someone who's going to come in and coaching like Steve Cooper has, then, yeah, players are going to improve. That's how football Definitely. works. Yeah. You know, uh, nowadays in football, uh, uh, one game is a long time in football. People's opinions and that change. And, um, I mean, God, that... Oh, that's cute game at Stoke. I don't think the team crossed the halfway line. Never mind. Just Yates, <laughs> bless him. Yeah. It was terrible. <laughs> um, God. So, yeah, I do kind of get when people say, look, to where you come from when you remind me of games like that because that is <laughs> mental, really. It was only last season, wasn't it? Um, yeah, last like, but, uh, August or so. Yeah, but yeah. speaking of um, last season, it is a year today since the first leg of the playoffs, Sheffield United away, which, I mean, goes down for me as one of my best ever Forest away days. And in terms of performance, I was actually a bit disappointed with only 1-2-1 that day. We were, we were really very good at Sheffield United. Um so yeah, that was um, obviously just a reminder for people who um, obviously enjoyed that last season. So I mean, finally to round off the pod this week, it's predictions time. So I mean, as always, we'll be providing a preview show before Saturday's visit from Arsenal. Um, looking ahead to that game, um, both teams will have something to play for, regardless of assumptions, etc. I know pretty much everybody thinks City are going to win the league. Um, Come Saturday tea time, next Saturday tea time, as we that's it for his first Premier League home campaign. It has bloody flew by, I know that. Um, Arsenal's last visit in the league to the city ground, um, saw them win 1 0 thanks to a Martin Keown goal. Um, so but our last win against Arsenal in the league came after two goals from a certain Erling Haaland's dad, Alfie Inger, um, as we won 2 1, um, under I think Stuart Pierce were caretaker then. Um, so that name's still haunting Arsenal these years on because pretty much Haaland's going to win City the league ahead of them. So, um, I mean, I've watched Arsenal a lot this season. I'm sure you guys agree at times they've been absolutely superb to watch and unfortunately they've come against what is the absolute juggernaut of Manchester City and their kind of probably lack of experience at Arsenal has just kind of cost them 
at the run-in. Um, so what do you think, Adam, about next Saturday? I think the pressure is definitely on both sides to get a result. I mean, we've seen Arsenal falter this season against the lesser the lesser sides, as you want to call it. I mean, you look at the Southampton game at home where they go, oh, that's a shoe-in, and they, they, they scrape a three-all draw. They had to come back from 2-0 down at home to Bournemouth in a game where you think they should win. And I mean, they did win it in the end, but they made bloody hard work of it. So I do think there's a an air of complacency for Arsenal when they come against the sides that are not as pretty and as open. They they seem to do really well against the teams that will go at them. I mean, you look at Newcastle last week, they got absolutely hammered and they still come away with a 2-0 win because mm. New, you can get at Newcastle when you've got players like Erdegaard in your team. So we're going to have to obviously be very, very wary of what they could bring. Obviously, they've got probably the two best wingers in the league, you'd say, on their day in Martinelli and, and, and Bukayo Saka. And obviously Erdegaard behind Jesus. And it's it's going to be a bloody hard game. But there's no reason why we can't cause Arsenal issues as well. I mean, Johnson will, Johnson can give Turney or uh, whoever might play left-back for Zinchenko. them. Yeah, Zinchenko, a, a torrid time. I mean, we saw when David Silva played left-back and he kept doing this central midfield bollocks when they've got the ball. And I mean, if Bernard, we can... Bernardo, you mean? Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah. But if you can if you can catch like Arsenal out in that instance, then you get Johnson down the wing. I mean, he's starting to provide those balls across the box now in the last couple of games. So you'd like to think and with a one in form, he'll be licking his lips at that opportunity, and especially when he's got to play a, a fairly new player to the league in Kivyar. And uh, I think is it Gabriel that's fit? Not I think Saliba's yeah, ruled Saliba's, out. Saliba's, I think, Saliba's, Saliba's ruled out. Saliba's ruled yeah. out, isn't he? So. There's no and and then obviously the crowd because Arsenal have, have come to the city ground on on numerous occasions they used to wipe the floor with us when we when, when we were shit but even then they've also struggled as well in in cup games recently look look at last season we we held them and then nicked a one nil on the counter attack so they I think that will be part of Arteta's team talk you'll probably show him that all or nothing clip and. I mean, I hope he gets the speakers out to play the to play one of Kintyre at the training ground, <laughs> like he did for the. For that the was Oliver very, uh, very TV driven. That was so David was... Brent. It was unbelievable. Yeah, um... it, it, that <laughs> definitely wouldn't have have happened if there was any cameras there. Without so, a but yeah, of no, but um, Arsenal obviously still got something to play for, so it's going to be a really, really like nervy game for both sets of teams. But I think because of the Forest crowd and how much we're getting behind our team. I think they it's going to be a bit of a a, a cauldron for them. In, in all honesty, I think they might they, they might shit themselves a little bit and and not rise to the occasion. And hopefully we do. Hopefully we have enough enough quality on the day. Come on then, what's your prediction? I'm going to have it's going to be high scoring because we can't defend to save our lives. But having having watched Arsenal a fair bit this season, neither can they at times. I'm going to go three two Forest. Oh. <laughs> right, go on then, Christian. Um, your uh, favourite manager's coming to town. <laughs> it is indeed. I don't want to piss on Alan's chips as such, but I, we've seen a different side to Arsenal this year. Mm. Um, one that we haven't seen since they were winning titles before. That's that's what I um, said in my intro. Yeah. You know, and I always say, yeah, it's fine in the middle of the season, playing well and winning. And you've seen it a bit with Newcastle as well. Once it comes to nitty gritty at the end, they just haven't got that experience, both of yeah. them. And that's why City have probably gone on. That's probably, why, but um, I mean... That's why Real Madrid is so good in the Champions League because they've just got that experience and know how to 
push over the line. Yeah, but I mean, that is true. But I mean, what I'm saying is that I don't, I think Ars- this Arsenal is different than the one last season. Ar- the yeah, last, oh, the Arsenal last season was soft. Mm. And okay, that this season they've blown it at certain point, points. Mm. But I mean, I think what concerns me, I mean, we all say, we know what City Ground could be like when it's like swinging and whatever else, but they've just went to Newcastle who knew who Newcastle turned that place into a cauldron and Arsenal yeah. shut it down within minutes. Like twenty odd more thousand fans yeah, as well. Exactly. They they just they didn't care. They, they heard all the noise. You can see the noise coming through. I mean Newcastle at the post after sixty seconds yeah. and you know um they had their chances. Arsenal just okay, they, they're a little bit rocked by that fast start and obviously the crowd's getting up, but then they very they in previous years, that would have caused them to crash. Like last season, it would have caused them mm. to crash. And in fact, it did cause them to crash at Newcastle, the exact same place. This season, they didn't. They just rode it out, went, all right, lads, they haven't scored. We're still in the game. So, and lo and behold, they get a goal through Odegaard's and then it just goes pin drop. And that was it. They they sort of played through it and they got, they got a win they thoroughly deserved. I mean, fair enough, you can say Ramsdale made some very important saves, but in terms of managing the game and managing, it was more about managing the situation and they did that very, very well, Arsenal. And again, we haven't seen them do that for quite some time. So that does concern me going into, like, we can say all we like about, you know, we've got the best fans in the league, et cetera, et cetera, fan at home, but that's not going to cut it. And what also worries me is that, well, not alone anyway, what also worries me is that when we went to Arsenal before, we went with a three-man midfield and you know to protect the back four, and we still got fucking ravaged. Like, okay, fair enough. A Cook and McKenna had horror shows that day, and it's, that's probably one. Of the, that probably is the reason why Steve Cook isn't in our twenty-five-man squad anymore because for that game alone, because you know he may as well be playing with an Arsenal shirt. Yeah, I remember like, Loddy was really struggling back then as yeah, well. That was absolutely. Yeah, off. we. I, I think like we got ripped to pieces, and you know, so. Realistically, let's go. Let's say we go over that again. Who's to say that's not gonna? That's our that was our strongest hand at that point. They just fucking tore it to bits. So, um, not that we should be scared of an opponent, but I mean, I don't. If we are gonna stay up, I, I don't see us getting anything out of next week. I really don't. I mean, as much as I'd love to say that you know, Bell crumble. As much as I'd love to say that you know, they. I mean, the, for many reasons. I mean. You know, if City win today, for example, mm. and that's, I mean, we, I think if Arsenal are still chasing something, there is more risk they could crash mm. or falter. If they have nothing to chase, then I think they'll just, they'll just take us a piece, take us a town. And um, yeah, I'm, I don't want to be so pessimistic so close in the season. And I'm especially worried with Leeds' fixtures. I mean, I think Spurs mm. at home last, that's yeah. a home banker last game. It says, yeah, I get what terrible. you mean. And um, even West West Ham away. I mean, West yeah. three, four days after three days after West Ham. You'd kind of hope with West Ham that they don't get anything today, so they kind of need a point to. Yeah, well, I mean, um, I think um, it's funny enough actually. The, the guy for I just part yesterday, um, he was a West Ham fan, yeah, and he came out and spoke to us before, and um, he was saying like, you know, he's like, play the under eights against Brentford, basically, <laughs> get 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 through that Europe. Do game. you think um, yeah. the good thing about West Ham is that David Moore's because they've had such a bad season in the Prem in terms mm. of what they've done last couple of seasons. I think he'll try and go for these last few games and finish as high up as possible. Just kind yeah, of gla- I, can, I see that gloss see over that. what's been that they've been in a relegation battle. Mm. Much this year. if they finish, say. 13th, 12th, and win the Conference League, which I think they've got a good chance of doing, then he'll say he'll be happy, I'm sure. No, of course, yeah. And um, I think their no, fans will take that too. But oh, I mean, yeah. so, uh, it's, still, it's still a possibility. I mean, they could be like, you know, still hung over by the time Leeds turn up. So, I mean, 
they, I, I personally think Leeds will get four points in the last two games. I could be wrong. I hope I am wrong. But that is my concern. And mm. the worry for me is, is it, I don't see us getting anything next week. I think we'll lose 3-0. Oh. I mean, I mean, it is at the end of the day, it is Arsenal that have been superb this season. They really have. I mean, I've always had a bit of a soft spot for Arsenal because um, my favourite player is Thierry Henry, and that's where they, they used to play back in the day when it was at the peak on the Wenger. It was an incredible football inside, and I've seen like shades of that this season from you know the likes of Odegaard, who's like literally been cloned, I think, into the next Kevin De Bruyne and to um, the Norwegian version. So it's going to be bloody tough. I mean, I generally, it obviously a lot depends on what will happen today. Obviously, City go to Everton, Arsenal have Brighton at home. I've just got this horrible feeling that Everton are going to get a result against City today and I don't know why, but um, obviously that would play massively into Arsenal's hand if they were to win, for example. So it's going to be tough. Um what do I go for? I'm it's so it's the last home game of the season. I'm not going to predict us to get beat. Fuck it. I'm going to go for a one-one draw and sit on the fence. And if you say like Leeds get four points, that would put them on thirty-five. That kind of means we'd need two points. Um, I don't know what you guys expect of Leicester on Monday night against Liverpool because Liverpool have picked up Ante recently. So well, knowing our luck like yesterday with Chelsea getting every second ball, Leicester probably win that four-nil. Yeah, well, I think they won five on the bounce now in Liverpool. I, do, so I think, I think Liverpool are starting to get into a bit of a swing yeah. of things. They've got, play, they've, got, they've, they've got players mm-hmm. back now. You I mean you? Yeah, Yotta's come back, obviously. Well, they would have seen Newcastle drop two points as well yesterday. Of course, so. yeah, they're still chasing Champions League. Mm-hmm. So, and Le- Leicester can't defend. Let's be, let's be right. Yeah, that, that's they're, they're, they're shambolic. I mean, they at, the, yeah, they're shambolic they at defending. They can score goals, but absolutely shit at defending. And they've got players who. They say they're arsed, but they're all fucking leaving at the end of the year. I mean, if I'm leaving at the end of the season, I mean, yeah, you are playing for a place, but people know your quality. People know how good James Madison is and Tielemans is and, and Harvey Barnes. So, I, I can't... I do, to be fair to Madison, I've seen a few of his interviews. And I do think, I know it's very cliche to say, oh, well, you're going to leave at the end of the season, which you will. I think regardless if they go down or not, I think they'll still care. It's just the fact that, you know, they'll still give everything like Madison's that type of player for me. Um, but obviously, it is very cliche that football fans are like, oh, he's, he's not caring. And, you know, he's probably key to them if they do um, stay up. He's probably their best player in team. I know I know, I see him, Vardy said he'd stay, whatever, but I don't see any Premier League team taking Vardy now, really. He's, he's, I mean, he's had an incredible career, to be fair to him, Antti, but he's knocking on a bit. So... Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, we we've the last two. I mean, the Brentford one still frustrates me because if we'd have held on there, would have been home and hose now, like we said at the time. But we've done what we kind of done the last two games. We've got four points from the last six. We've all took that, you know. And what's everything else is out of our hands now. We've just got to fingers crossed to go for us, uh, which they have done a lot this season. So. Um, you know, it could have been very Leeds could have easily won yesterday. Bamford scores that penalty and makes it 2 0. I think they would have won. Um, thankfully, he didn't. And in the end, they've only got a point. So, 
Yeah, that header as well. That header he really Yeah, it's going to yeah. be very nervy. It's going to be very forest. And we've we all just, said, we, we? We, we need to be better than two out of the three at the end of the day. So, mm. I mean, yeah. people are saying Everton's fixtures are the easiest. I mean, today is no easy game. And then Wolves away is... Wolves yeah, well, are, Wolves are, do, are finishing strong. Christian and said, then, didn't he? Won, then, was it last four that won at home? The Wolves, only, the only, the only just one lost that, as well, so they want to come back. And then the only yeah. one that you say is an absolute banker is, is the Bournemouth game. And then Leicester have got... Uh, Liverpool Monday, Newcastle away next, and then West Ham at home. So West Ham's like the only one that's a banker for them, but they could be um, out of it if they lose the next two games. I'm just it's... like looking at Wolves now, and they've won the last four home games and lost the last three away. And you can guess <laughs> where their last away point was at. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, is it's going to be stressful watching, but this you can't get overly emotional because there's nothing you can do apart from sit and absorb all the tension. What will happen over this weekend? Um, obviously, we kick off late next weekend, so we might kind of know um, a bit more what we kind of need to do. Um, I'm just having a look at the fixtures now to see who does play before us. I mean, Everton play at three o'clock um, next week. Everybody else, I think, must play on the Sunday then. Sorry, I'm just yeah. So yeah, Yeah. Leeds play on the Sunday. Obviously, Southampton down and Leicester play on the Monday night again. So they've got back to back Monday nights, which is Newcastle away. So I mean, you look at them two, them two games, and you think Leicester if they could you see Leicester getting any points out of them two? I think they'd be struggling, wouldn't they? Like we said, I mean, it's I mean they before yesterday they scored the same Mm. amount as United have this season. Yeah, defensively, I think they've conceded as Mm. much as if not more than we have. So it's yeah. very clear what their problems are, but um, yeah. so you you never know. I mean, the, the Newcastle are starting to concern me a little bit actually mm-hmm. because I know um, yeah, I know fair enough. Leeds were fighting it. It was a very like it was a reflected goal ultimately, but it needed two penalties to score against a team that had been yeah. Back. I thought Newcastle were poor yesterday. Personally, they were really poor. Uh, that's mm-hmm. a sign of pressure getting to them. Like, yeah, they're so close to it. Like so. That could obviously play into Leicester's hands next week, but I mean, yeah, we'll see. we never know. We you don't know. I mean, like, ultimately, like we'll find out how good a point yesterday was if Liverpool beat Leicester on Monday, really, mm-hmm. um, because and, then and it will be a huge, huge yeah. And Everton don't get anything today. Um, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so just to let you know, in case you have missed it on Twitter, we are doing an end of the season game at Ilkeston Town, so we're going to put out a red side of the Trent kind of XI against the Forest fans XI. We we did ask to do this at Forest, but a bit of inside info, but the pitch will be ripped up after the Arsenal game, I've been told. So next year, hopefully that is something we can do. Um, but Ilkeson, I'm not saying this because I support them, but they've got some brilliant facilities and that, and we can use all the facilities, etc. So it's only 15 quid to play. Um, that will include an hour's worth of play, like I say, use of all the facilities, um, nice, comfy Recaro chairs in the dressing room and on the dugout. Um, <laughs> uh, photography of the game, we're going to get a proper referee team. Um, and we're also, I've brought a couple of Premier League match balls and there will also be a donation to charity, which will probably be mine because it is something we've done over the season to do in pod. Um, so it is only a friendly as well. It's not going to be... People aren't going to be two footing one another. Well, I hope so. All standards welcome, and it will be it would be good to see some regular listeners and contributors to the pod come down. We can put some faces to people, um, tell us how much you dislike us. <laughs> um, but for any more info, just message the pod page on Twitter. Um, I, I, we've had quite a bit of interest. Um, 
we've had quite a lot of payments, so there is only a few spaces left. But um, so yeah, if you are interested, let us know. But anyway, that's it then for this episode. I mean, I hope you've enjoyed it, and hopefully, the point we've discussed is crucial to us remaining a Premier League club. I mean, fingers crossed for Man City win today. Fingers crossed for Liverpool win tomorrow. How 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 much does that hurt you saying yeah. that? I can't see them getting in the Champions League anyway, which um, they'll probably be Thursday nights, Channel 5, won't they? Um, as they used to say back in the day, Liverpool. I, I do think Newcastle and Man City are, but we'll see. But, I mean, whatever happens, with, like, as we've said, we've given ourselves a fighting chance with two games to go. It was never going to be easy, was it, with Forrest? So, yeah, we'll see next Saturday tea time. Um, but until next time, thank you for listening and come on, you Reds. Just a quick one as well from all of us on this podcast. This is something that we all share and it's something that myself and I'm sure the other guys have noticed as well is that a lot of people, especially Forest fans, as that's what mostly I do have on my Twitter, um, seeming to struggle a little bit with their mental health at the minute. You know, if you are struggling, um, by all means, message the pod and one of us will reply to you or message somebody on Twitter you know, use the forest timeline with the hashtag or just to make sure you talk to somebody rather than doing anything silly. Um, there is plenty of options out there. You know, if you also want to talk to someone in confidence, there's, you know, charities like Mind who will help you. Um, but just make sure you just talk to somebody rather than... This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.